if I'm not like trying to break the game or like do something different than everybody else, what's the point of play? You're talking about playing to find the exploits. People would be like, you can't play magic like this. And I'm just like, watch me. For me, magic has always been about the mathematical puzzle of it. Streaming over the years has really made me a better person. The number one reason it is to entertain myself. And I think that that's a really healthy approach as a content creator. Because if you want to be doing this for a long time, you have to be invested yourself. This week on Humans and Magic, I'm hanging out with Detsy. Detsy is a Magic the Gathering Twitch streamer and a limited format specialist. This is not actually the first time we chatted, but it's the first time we recorded face-to-face. -face. If you like watching face-to-face -face interviews, please let me know, drop a comment, and I'll do my best to do more of them in the future. Now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Detsy. Desi. Okay. Uh, welcome, everybody. My name is Desi. I'm a Magic the Gathering streamer. And uh, in the past, I did some esports television work in London. I did esports commentating. I played professional Hearthstone back in the day as well. Uh, these days, full time Magic the Gathering, and I play only limited and I stream only Magic the Gathering Arena for the most part. Mm -hmm. That's such a simplified. <laughs> summary of what you do what yeah, you really. also tetris master i think yes, i remember that actually like uh over a decade ago my my friends and i over at harddrop.com that's one of the biggest uh, tetris communities out there okay. uh we went we all went to the hearthstone world championship together and stuff so like back in the day i wrote the book on a lot of the t-spins and guides that people use these days and okay. the strategies that people use these days okay. so like uh now everyone is so good at tetris right but, uh, but you did some foundational work to exactly. start those techniques, kind of like in any game like Smash. You know, now yep. there's like things that people take for granted. Exactly. But back then, it was like new territory, right? Exactly. It was brand new. People didn't talk about it. People don't even talk about it that much these days. Uh, some of the strategies that are laid out. So stuff in Tetris like timing, right? So in versus Tetris, you can actually time in a way that uh, just increases your efficiency and increases like your power so i'll give you an example okay so back in the day i was always known as a small like a a, a very a very a slow player okay so the amount of pieces that i drop is probably about half as fast as how fast like the other good players are playing okay but i could still keep up because my moves were so efficient and i timed things so well okay so that was kind of my claim to fame back then. Mm -hmm. um, and people were like, dude, I don't get it. Like, this guy's dropping half the pieces I am, right? It's basically a 2v1. And I can't beat him, you know? <laughs> so that was, like, something that I thought was super cool. And I've brought that sort of philosophy, just a different angle, different approach to every game I play. Uh, one of the reasons that I got into Magic the Gathering is that when I first started playing... Um, or sorry, when I came back to Magic the Gathering uh, with the advent of Magic Arena... I was like, dude, actually, nobody knows how to play the game properly. Like, everyone's following all these old heuristics from, like, 20 years ago, right? And even the pros are still propagating bread them. or some of this? Yeah, 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 like bread, right? I literally never drafted thinking about picking up, oh, I need evasion, I need removal. I'm just like, dude, just pick the good cards, you know? Mm -hmm. Pick the good cards and go from there. So why do you think that is? Do you think there's some sort of intuition that Magic players feel, so they feel the need to go to these sideboard guides or uh -huh. heuristics that are just, maybe like you said, they could be outdated, but True. they don't, like, but whereas for you, you're kind of pulling from a frame of reference from other parts of 
I wouldn't even say gaming, but just other parts of life. Yep. And like, is that is that the primary thing? It's like magic players are so into being magic that yes. they don't they don't see the big picture almost. Yes. So I I would agree with that. I would say that that's the number one reason. Uh, generally, Magic Gathering players are very diehard, and uh, that's like a great quality as well, I suppose. But uh, the thing is that the way I look at it is that a lot of times it's very narrow minded. Right, so people like magic players, but like, oh, Hearthstone! Oh my gosh, that's like a fake Magic the Gathering. Oh, uh, Legends of Runeterra, like just all these games, and they're like, oh, Magic's the best, right? And I won't touch anything else. Um, so I think that how this, do you know it's the best if you haven't touched the other? Yeah, exactly. So like this sort of philosophy mentality is not like a, as open minded as as I prefer. Uh, I I think a lot of times my biggest level up moments in Magic was actually taking time off of Magic. You know, going to do other things, uh, growing in life a little bit, playing some other games. Then I come back and I'm like, huh, actually, I can incorporate some of these strategies from my other games from life into Magic. And then my Magic gameplay is better as well. Mm-hmm. So it's leveling up over time. So, um, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the things that I do that I've done on my stream over the last five years and limited has been uh, sort of shocking to the world because... Because you've broken certain formats. Yep. You've, you've broken Almost. certain cards, I should say, and mm-hmm. also formats as, as exactly. a result, right? So, like, people would be like, oh, you can't play Magic like this. And I'm just like, watch me. <laughs> you know? Uh, and, okay, and I will say that I have been very pleasantly surprised because a lot of times I didn't think it was going to work either. <laughs> you know? But I was like, okay, well... Um, I didn't wake up today to draft a black-white deck, you know? Like, I want to aspire to something a little bit greater, at least, right? Let's I, from five colors. I really want to dig into this. Okay. Because I have this belief that in Magic, sometimes the bad way to call it is groupthink, but the good way to call it is, like, you're forcing something into reality. Mm. Do you think sometimes maybe these strategies become real because enough people... Just try it to the point that you're forcing it to, like, obviously you can't play something t- terribly bad, uh-huh. but, like, I feel like, at least in this sort of metagame concept of magic or limited magic, you can force certain things into reality, especially when you have enough people or, like, your audience, yep. like, mobilized to then do the same and just make that real. You know what I mean? Yep, exactly. Like, that's, that's the thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's interesting because I think that Sometimes the sort of strategies that I propagate are somewhat memey. I think like yeah, they they might not be the most competitive thing, mm-hmm. but if you play it really well, it has a good shot, mm-hmm. right? Whereas uh, other other strategies, uh, and uh, the example I'll give is clear the mind in Ravnica Allegiance. It basically was a deck that you have two copies of clear the mind, which is three mana, uh, blue sorcery, which you shuffle your graveyard into your deck and you draw a card. Like, really, uh, just, you know... Yeah, just innocent cantrip. Yeah, su- super innocent card, and it's so innocent that actually people... It's one of the cards that you brush off as unplayable, right? Like, you're looking at all the cards of a new set. It's a D or an F, yeah. It's probably, like, like an F+, plus, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like on a rating scale. But, uh, yeah, so so uh, with the help of some other people in the community, uh, Ryan Sachs, namely... He he was like he was like hey have you seen this strategy and I'm like dude this thing is impossible right like you can't have a deck like that that just like tries to shuffle your deck like magic doesn't work like that especially limited right so anyways uh you know I I did get curious one day and I was like all right well let's try this thing and I ended up going down the most insane rabbit hole ever so 
it was like I think two months of me just forcing Clear the Mind decks. And Clear the Mind decks, they look incredibly different from one another. Uh, some of the weirdest looking decks were, were the versions that had zero creatures in it. Okay. So you have zero creatures, and you just have all removal spells and card draw spells. That's it. And what ends up happening is that your opponents who followed bread, right, they picked up all this removal... They have all this evasion, and none of it does anything. It's blanked. Yeah, they're all blanked. So people are sitting with a full hand of seven cards mm-hmm. that they can't do anything. So there's an aspect of virtual card advantage. Yep, exactly. So uh, really, really cool stuff. And um, basically, my attitude to a game is, that, okay, if I'm not like trying to break the game or like do something different than everybody else, what's the point of playing? Like, I might as well just watch people play, right? And Badge of the Gathering was, uh, was a place where I could do that. Um, some other games that I'm into, for example, like Hearthstone Battlegrounds, there, there are players who are already good enough that they found out all of the crazy mm-hmm. things that you do, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't have a place there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can play for fun, but it's not like I would... You're talking about playing to find the exploits. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that's the way that you should approach both life and also video games, right? Like, what's the most broken thing and how do I abuse it? Right. And uh, and oftentimes, like. That will also be the fun thing that looks crazy. It'll be like some crazy five color deck uh, or something that people will people will just be like, what are you doing? Right. And then uh, obviously I'll trophy with it or whatever. And then people will be like, everything I knew about magic was a lie. (laughs) So how. um, Maybe this goes into a question of what are your your goals or ongoing goals, because I feel like as a streamer or as a creator you're also having to create some sort of value to your audience Mm -hmm. so isn't it kind of risky to or is it to entertain yourself i'm trying to figure out like Mm -hmm. when you are trying to break it Mm -hmm. is that because now it's become the death sea brand Mm -hmm. or are people like what happens if someone is just trying to watch your stream because they're trying to get better at limited there's that level one kind of viewer so would that be going away from that if you're always trying these new yeah. things maybe to entertain yourself or to to scratch your own itch of exploits right mm-hmm. but wouldn't that also have some sort of tension with like the reason why yes. people tune in yes so that's a really good question i think um the number one reason it is to entertain myself and i and i think that that's a really healthy approach as a content creator because if you want to be doing this for a long time you have to be invested yourself Right. You have to enjoy it, right? Yeah, you you have to enjoy it. Like people can find different ways to enjoy it, of course. But um, you know, if if for a new Magic Gathering set for the whole three months, I woke up and I just drafted the same like red white deck over and over again because I think that's the best. Like I might as well go find something better to do with my life. Okay. Maybe Seventeen Lions says that's a de facto best exactly objective strategy. Exactly, and I'm like, well, that's not what I'm here for, right? But I do, but I do offer a tier list at deathc.com, mm-hmm. um, and all of these are are for the new player or like the average player. And yeah, they're very good. I've used some of them. Yeah, yeah. And and my philosophy is that okay, well, yeah, you might not see what the normal deck looks like on my channel uh, through me, but you can see it in the opponents I'm playing against, right? Like, I'm always playing at high levels or whatever uh, on the ladder. And, and I'm like, okay, well, you can watch the boring decks on the other side, right? Like, I'll do the fun stuff, and then the normal stuff is over there. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of something for everybody, but uh, I think that my personality is probably a bit of a turnoff to the to most of the Magic Gathering viewers. Cause, you think so? 
I do think so. Like, people like the Reed Duke, you know? People like the uh, LSV. I mean, I, I, LSV is, like, very out there and entertaining as well. But um, I do think that Magic, Magic the Gathering viewers generally like, uh, I don't know, the stoic, the uh, the normal-thinking person that they can relate to and understand, right? Like a white-collar Magic player, just someone who... Looks like because you don't. I don't know. It's it's, it's <laughs> funny saying this because like as, only for a while. I, you, don't, I think, yeah. you don't strike me as someone who I would just meet in an LGS. Uh-huh. You're you just. You, it doesn't look like you're mixing in that. That's true. Crowd. You know what I mean. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a lot of times uh, back in the day, I would go to my local game store, and uh, if there wasn't a draft on, like I'm just chilling. I'm just hanging out. Like uh, back then, I used to smoke cigarettes and stuff. You know, I used to smoke in the parking lot or whatever. <laughs> It's changed to vape stores. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, uh, it 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 is a weird thing because everybody likes magic for different reason, right? And I think that's one of the main issues that Magic has faced in recent years. So many different formats. People are playing all these things, right? Um, and even though you know we all might be Magic players, we all are such different demographics of people that we actually don't mingle, right? Um, and I think that's, and I think that that is, uh, I think that is a problem. That is definitely a problem. Like the more formats they create, right. The more they segregate community. So, uh, it is, it is a very difficult dynamic, but, uh, yeah. So once again, for me, it's, for me, magic has always been about the mathematical sort of puzzle of it. Right. So, uh, limited format there's a very definite sort of possibilities within the format, right? And uh, I need to figure that out, but it's, but it's a mathematical for me. Like, I don't care about the lore. I don't care about the art. I don't care about uh commander or whatever. The flavor stuff doesn't interest. Yeah. The flavors like magic. So the puzzle to be solved. That's what exactly. Exactly. Like I'm much more of a fan of uh, like Pokemon art or Yu- Yu-Gi-Oh, whatever. Right. Uh, magic art just doesn't appeal to me in general and the story lore doesn't really appeal to me mm-hmm. so kind of weird that i've ended up becoming a magic streamer out of all things but uh it, what, it was a place i could fit in what makes you commit as you have to magic is it just that there's at least a large enough base for mm-hmm. what you doing what you want to do your expression or okay. like what's tethering you to magic i guess yeah that's a really good question um you know, I think a big part of it is just I've been doing it for so long that uh, it's somewhat comfortable. Mm-hmm. And at least in Magic, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. But th- I think the most real answer I can give you for that is just that I, I haven't moved on yet. I haven't found something that, um, is, that captivates me away from away from that. But I am always looking, you know, like uh, whenever I'm not streaming, I'm working on other projects, uh, other games hire me as a consultant, right? And uh, you're trying other games. And has there been a, maybe you don't have to you don't have to go to specific okay. to specifics, but just in general, have you have you found there to be some sort of pattern of, you know, is there some game that's close enough to it or are there mm-hmm. always things that are kind of holding holding that game back? Yeah, it's really hard because all card game players, whether you're a Hearthstone player, Magic player, Runeterra player, whatever, right? Um, even even poker players, okay? We've all been waiting for, like, the next game to dive into, 
Uh, Legend of Terra came out. All right, that wasn't it. Artifact came out. Okay, that wasn't it. Uh, you have you have just I, I mean a countless number of games that have come out, and it just wasn't quite right. Right, like like it didn't have that sort of a. Uh, I don't know much. I don't know if you know much about Hearthstone. Back when Hearthstone was booming, a little bit. That was like a, a global phenomenon. Right. Um, it created so many huge personalities, people like Forsen, um, just so many, so much greatness came out of that. Uh, and we're all just kind of waiting for the next thing. Uh, there are some things on the horizon and, you know, I will choose to not mention it because I, I, cause I think a lot of magic players hate this area. You guys might be able to guess this area of gaming that mm -hmm. is related to, uh, you know, money as people may perceive as fake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll leave it yeah. at that, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's also the challenging thing is that, I mean, I don't know exactly if you're touching on it, but my view on it is that, I'll just say it, I feel like Magic players can be very close-minded in mm -hmm. certain respects. And maybe that's as general as I'll leave it at. I think it's, it's just, just people in general. It's just people in general. Like, yeah. there's something comforting about whatever it is that you're doing mm -hmm. whether it's your streaming magic or you're playing magic yeah. and it's just like it's hard to leave that comfort zone and there's not really any incentive to leave the comfort, yep. the comfort zone and it's just like people want to believe what they want to believe and that's just how yep. it is right exactly like for me i mean i every once in a while i'll do some crazy things so there was a uh, one month a few years back where i just stopped streaming magic and i streamed one month of full-time Hearthstone battlegrounds I remember right. that. Mm -hmm. And my channel basically died, <laughs> you know, as expected. Yeah. But yeah, they're uh, not coming to you for that, and then they're just surprised, right? Yeah, so. exactly. And it is weird, though, because there are a lot of games that I play at the highest level. I would say that there's been, like, probably 13 games or so over the years that I've played at the absolute highest level, like a top 10 or whatever. Uh, but people, people don't care. People don't come watch me for that. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, I care that matter. you, I, I think it's fascinating that you were doing these things in Tetris and in Hearthstone and other things, mm -hmm. but I mean, it's hard, right? I mean, you're not even, even when you introduce yourself, you were not like, I did all these things. I, I would have been interested, but exactly. it's like, I don't want to, maybe most people can't handle like an encyclopedia list yeah, of yeah. like, exactly. there's like 30 things that exemplify what i'm about as yep. a person and it's just hard exactly uh it, it kind of reminds me of uh when people ask me where i'm from mm -hmm. right and or sometimes people ask me where i've been and i and and i'll be like are you ready like, you, you, you <laughs> have like, a few paragraphs you have like 10 minutes here like i can break it down real quick kind of thing but my lore is a bit messy <laughs> you're from <laughs> texas right or houston okay so the very, very quick version, born and raised in Southern California, in uh, Irvine, like LA area. And then uh, my family moved all around SoCal. Like we moved SoCal probably like 14, 15 different places. Mm -hmm. And then my family ended up moving to Houston, Texas. Then I ended up moving to San Jose, California. So North California. And then uh, came back to Houston. And then I went to school in England for five years. That's right. Uh-huh. Four years Northeast England. Um, one and a half years in London. And then uh, since then, I've been like, uh, I lived in South Korea for a year. I lived in Prague for like, uh, for like three months or something. Um, I've been to Dubai and uh, Thailand. And now I live in Thailand. And now I'm here in Shanghai with you. <laughs> yeah, it's for, for those who don't know, we're recording in, in Shanghai, not actual Thailand, where you're normally based yep. now, right? 
But what's it like living in Thailand? Because I've not lived there. Sure. Uh, Thailand is really amazing for somebody like me. I'm a vegetarian. So vegetarian for almost 17 years now. And it's unless you're in LA or New York or maybe Austin, Texas, it's really hard to find good vegetarian food. So the food has been phenomenal. And that's been the number one reason that we're, why I've stayed there. Secondly is that a lot of my friends come in and out of uh, Bangkok a lot because mm-hmm. they're traveling all around Asia. So it's a hub. Oops. Yeah, it's a hub. And I kind of for, foresee it being like almost like the next Silicon Valley of sorts uh, because the quality of life is so good, right? So so things are, are like relatively cheap, right? Mm-hmm. Um, food is amazing. Some of the best food in the world. I think it rivals uh, Vegas for food, Okay, right? So that's really incredible. And then uh, I've also got a lot of friends who just live there as well, like uh, a bunch of crypto millionaire guys, you know, <laughs> like, okay. and uh, crypto millionaire guys, poker guys kind of thing. So what do, uh, what do you do in Thailand? Like, I, 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 like, I'm just trying to get a sense. Maybe it's intersection of what's available and what you like to do. Like when you're not streaming, like what are things that you, you like to do? So I've been pretty busy for the last two months or so. It's basically streaming. Then after streaming, I'm locked up in calls for the entire day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like working on stuff. I'm learning up on random texts and stuff. Like uh, I read up on uh, blockchain, mm-hmm. uh, crypto, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Just studying um, or learning stuff on your own. Yep. Okay. And Or I'm like reading up on philosophy, <laughs> like philosophy or history or something. Mm-hmm. Um you know, learning some Thai, stuff like that. So anyways, I try to fill my time pretty well. And obviously, I, I, I just have like me time where I'm just like DJing, watching Twitch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the time, like I don't I don't leave the house. But every once in a while, my friends will invite me out or something. We'll go out to clubs. Uh, we'll go out to like house party or something like condo party. Um, or my friends will invite me out to eat. And then we'll go out and eat. And every once in a while, I have friends who come and visit me in Bangkok, and they and and they stay at my condo. I have an extra room. Um, and then whenever they're in town, like I'll go out with them. We'll uh, we'll like we'll like uh, you know, yeah. see the town. Yeah, 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 and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that's basically it. I don't think it's anything special, <laughs> but uh, I like it like that. You know, I I wish I was. I mean, I don't, I don't really wish, but like, <laughs> I, I think it may actually make sense for me to like live there too, mm-hmm. someplace like that, where the cost of living is much lower, yep. I expect, than Shanghai, which is crazy fucking expensive. Yep. And I think I'm just is... indoors all the time doing my stuff anyways. Yep, exactly. So it's like, you know, my why why not just be in Bangkok or Bali or exactly. You know, so and 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 one of the biggest things for me as well is that. I, even when I was in elementary school, okay, I hated this sort of uh, American philosophy of the 401k, right? The 401k, like, work for, like, uh, 40, 50 years, 50, 60 years or whatever, or uh, until you're that old and then retire and then travel the world. And I'm just like, why are you Just waiting? travel the world now. Yeah, just travel the world now, figure out how to do it. Uh, I get people have family and stuff, right? Uh, and that's probably one of the most legitimate reasons for me to... Mm-hmm to to understand people not like going out and uh i don't know seeing whatever they want to see doing whatever they want to do um yeah you're talking about the group that like doesn't have those family ties but they still feel tethered to some place out of some sort of tradition or something yeah tradition or a habit comforts whatever 
And most of the time, the way I look at it is that we're all just making excuses for ourselves, right? Like, why can't I do this thing? Why can't I learn an actual language? Why can't I, uh, I don't know, learn, learn, learn how to just basically do anything? Like, people are putting it off until a later time. And I don't believe in that. Like, just go do it, figure it out. <laughs> just go do it, figure it out. You know, like, not everything's going to go right. But uh, what are you waiting for, right? Are you thinking about indefinitely being in Thailand or do you have some other places lined up? Yeah, so I've been in, so I renewed my contract. I'll be in Bangkok for at least another year. Uh, after that, I kind of want to move to Vietnam. So I've actually never been to Vietnam, but I'm Vietnamese American. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm fluent in speaking, reading, writing. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I've never been to Vietnam. Okay. <laughs> well, that will be a huge asset for when you do travel. Yep. Exactly. So I so I want to live in Vietnam for at least a few years. Uh, basically, so I'm actually 32 years old right now. Okay, and I plan on like throughout my 40s that uh, I'll just be living like all around the world. Yeah. So I want to live in Vietnam. I kind of li- I kind of want to live a little bit in Shanghai, uh, maybe like six months or something. Yeah. And then. And while I'm here, I want to learn Chinese pretty well, like basic reading and write, like ba- uh, basic reading. I don't know about writing, uh, like writing is another thing, but uh, basic reading and decent speaking kind of thing. And then after that, uh, I'm not exactly, oh, after that, I also want to at some point move to Argentina as well. So that's on the other side of the world. So is South that, America. Is that because friends or yep. you just want to? check it out so i have two two really good friends there uh and and their brothers there so he's actually okay so one brother is actually the biggest streamer in south america i think so he has this event called the kosku army awards every year and i think that event on twitch gets like I actually don't know, so you guys can check uh, check at home. But I think it's like a million viewers or something, a million concurrent viewers live on Twitch. Pretty big. Yep. And then uh, his brother uh, plays professional basketball there. Mm. So they've been my really good friends since like the start of COVID. I I, I think even before that, actually, yeah, before that. And uh, they became big fans of my channel because they love drafting in Magic. How do you how do you make friends through? streaming relationships mm-hmm. and then converting that i mean this sounds so transactional but that's mm-hmm. not my that's not the point but i'm just trying to figure out like how do you get to know somebody from online or mutual appreciation into then irl relationships yeah that's a very good question because it's something that i haven't thought about but it's really i mean it it, it is an important thing right um because not everybody, like, usually relationships online kind of stay that way, right? This is like, like, like it stays as an on, as an online relationship. But uh, I guess for me, I don't know. I just look at everybody kind of the same. You know, if, so if you're a multimillionaire or if you make like 30K a year, like, what's the difference? <laughs> you know, what's the difference? So if you're a big streamer or if you're a streamer at all, what's the difference between that person just being a normal person that you just met? I think the difference right. is how that level of wealth or either having or not having it, uh-huh. it changes how they perceive the world. It changes their ego, okay. whether a good or bad way. So I, I would have to expect that. I don't know. I mean, you can tell me okay. like, does that, or do you find that there's very down to earth millionaires as well as there mm-hmm. being like incredibly 
egotistical thousandaires yeah. or people living from um you know paycheck to paycheck yeah. not that there's anything wrong with that i mean uh-huh. people gotta do what they gotta do but don't you find that like it's just in yeah. the world that i do you know people like wealth it doesn't bring happiness but it inflates the sense of self right sure yeah so the way i see it is that all of that is not my problem <laughs> you know so the way that I'll go about it, and it's also the most efficient way, in my opinion, like a big part of it is efficiency for me. Like, I don't want to think about all that stuff when I'm meeting somebody. Like, I'll just meet them. And then uh, if I end up liking them and we vibe, right. then that's just, good. Just try to face value, like straight up. Like, yeah, you, exactly. Can I, can I vibe with you? Yeah. Like, are we connecting? Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a big part of it for me. And I think a lot of people end up appreciating that. So, um, I mean, again, I'm just guessing, right? Like, I don't actually know. I think that that leads people to, I don't know, to trust me or like me or something. And then, um, I don't know. And then one thing leads to another, like, we chat and stuff. Like, I like I just chat to them, like, they're a normal-ass person, <laughs> you know? There's probably something to it, because oftentimes people, if they're in a certain, of a certain status, they think that others are maybe trying to leverage something, okay. or yep. they're That's trying good. to... They're trying to get something out of it. Exactly. And if you come across as not wanting to do that, yep. that generally is well received. Right? True, true, true. Yeah, because because the thing is that my one of my philosophies in life as well is that I generally don't don't need anything from anyone, you know. Um. So, and that doesn't come from a place of arrogance or whatever. I think at least, but it's more like I'm not looking to benefit from anybody, right? Like I'm not trying to leverage their their popularity or their wealth or whatever. So for example, whenever in the past, when I hang out with my millionaire friends and stuff, we go traveling, like I, I pay for everything myself and I'm not a rich person, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, I think you pay for your share. You're not expecting them to, yeah. to take care of it. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, cause I just think that's super unhealthy. I like, I don't want to be someone's minion, <laughs> you know, I don't want to be like, uh, mooching mm-hmm. off of people or anything. Uh, and if I can't afford it, then I just don't go, right? <laughs> like, that's kind of the way I look at it. I mean, everybody has their group of friends or people who become better friends because yep. you're connecting. But of the people that you meet via, and I'll loosely call it the Twitch community, okay. is there is there some sort of pattern? Like, are are people generally pretty good? Are, there, are they full of, like, just, are they full of it? Are they, like, are, have you... I'm trying to figure out if there's like just okay. So my personal philosophy <laughs> is just if I can say it in like as short as possible. Okay. Is that generally, I think people suck. Okay. Generally, okay. I think people let you down. I see. I this see. is just my very negative, okay. cynical take. Okay. And so maybe like if you look at like everybody being kind of not that great, then you gotta really work to find people that are actually decent people. True, and I I'm see. assuming you found <laughs> your your tribe and i'm wondering if twitch fits my cynical description or not i see okay so the way that i look at it is a little bit different there are a few people that i vibe with super well like people that i want to be friends with for life you know like whatever happens if you're broke come live sleep on my floor like i'll give you money for like living until you get back to your feet or whatever. like a brother or sister kind yeah of exactly so actually here 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 now that i'm in shanghai is because basically someone that I consider my sister, uh, she's a streamer named Waterlin. And uh, I don't know, like, we just understand each other and, like, vibe so well that uh, that is, like, an exceptional friend for me, right? But other friends, so I don't think of it as people who are good or people who suck. I'm just like, 
people who are great and then everyone else is good <laughs> kind of thing, right? So, uh, but I also agree that people suck. So it's a little bit of everything. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this. Yeah. <laughs> I guess show like humans of magic, but it's <laughs> like, I just, sometimes I feel that, you know, it's not, it's not magic in general, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's humanity. I think, I think, I think, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned in life is how to manage our own expectations. So I guess for me, I don't have an expectation, mm-hmm. um, which you might be like, all right, well, that's kind of sad, right? But uh, I don't think so. I think it's a very functional thing. Mm-hmm. I spend my time and my and my thoughts on other things. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's normal. People suck. Like, uh, there are people out there who want to rob you. There are people out there who want to do bad things. Um, you know, Amer- America itself is crazy. <laughs> like, But at the same time, I think that everybody in, in their own way tries to be like what they think is a good person, mm-hmm. what they think is right. Mm-hmm. Right, so uh, the world's a big place. Just find people that, that you get along I, I with. I remember you telling me about that. Like, you know, in everybody's own mind, they're the protagonists. Exactly. And they're, they're lawful, good, lawful. They're not evil. Exactly. And they're, they're trying to do the best they can. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just how we look at other people through our lenses. Exactly. So the way that I look at it is that there are 8 billion people in the world, and there are a bunch of differing opinions about everything. Right. Uh, and that's one of the problems with the Internet right now. Like you can find something, some sort of article to support any claim you want. Right. So the only thing that you can do is find people that you get along with, treat them well, uh, treat yourself well as well. Find to figure out what you want in life. And uh, that's basically all we can do. That's like the amount of agency that everybody has, you know. Yeah, um, yeah that's all we can do. And for me, that's enough. <laughs> it's enough. I I I don't need to I I don't need to save the world or anything. Let's talk a bit about uh, parasocial relationships Ooh. or the relationship you have with your fans or people okay. who follow you on Twitch yeah. or in the community, right? How do you cultivate that? How do you okay. um, communicate? Okay, so very similar to how I approach uh, like new people I meet, right? Or or big streamers. Uh, big streamers, small streamers, just new people I meet, okay? Is that I treat them exactly the same as well. <laughs> so my viewers, right, I talk to them like a normal person, right? Uh, I don't see them as just like a name in the chat or whatever. Uh, a lot of my long-term viewers, for example, like I remember uh, their family dynamics. I remember if they have pets. I remember where they're from, right? And whenever... So for my long-term subscribers, whenever we're in the same city and they want to meet up, they want to like they want to take take me out for food or something. The answer is always yes. <laughs> you know, like I'm not putting on a persona online. Has it ever gone weird when you meet up? I have some interesting stories, stories that I'll probably share in privates with you. Okay, but none of them have been bad. Not 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 bad intentions, kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like actually, or just bad. I would say that none of them are bad at all. Okay. None of them are bad okay. at all. Maybe it's maybe it was beyond what you expected, but it wasn't. That doesn't mean it's bad. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like uh, I have a lot of interesting stories, but none of them are bad. Like I would say, none of them are bad. And I think that one of the things is that my viewers kind of understand where it's like I personally believe that these parasocial relationships are good. Okay, while most streamers shy away from it, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not saying show up to my front door, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're not, you know, like, we're not yeah. friends like that. Yeah. But we are friends. Like, we spend so much time together, especially during COVID, mm-hmm. right? 
uh, people were watching me, seeing me, hanging out with me, talking to me more than they did their families mm-hmm. because everyone was separated, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, if we can't have a parasocial relationship, why not? Right? That's kind of weird. Yeah. Are you creating any kind of um, separation, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe there's things that you just don't want to talk about publicly, mm, for example, see... like the philosophy or maybe the other games or uh-huh. like where you live and uh, i mean obviously i i, I know where you live so, so you know that's probably not yeah uh, that's probably not out of bounds but like are there things like that that you consciously try to try to create us like a like a separation Barrier. uh short answer is no <laughs> okay. but well that's dangerous right so okay so i don't think it's dangerous because i'm the gatekeeper right if anybody asks me something that is too far and I can't even think of what a question is too far off the, off the top of my head right now, but I'm sure that there's some. But I I will just answer it in a way that I can, right? Uh, oh, so so one is like, how much money do I make, right? How much money do I make? And I talk about money like like uh, very freely, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, I've said it before in the past, but I don't feel like saying it right now. Right, so I so I will tell them Can that you people ask you crazy shit like that, like what's your net worth and stuff. Oh, like yeah, that? of course, like all the time, all the time. Yeah. People ask me the craziest shit. People... As a North American, not as a Chinese person, but uh, as a North American, that seems way kind of offensive. I mean, yeah, 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 very yeah. Correct. But uh, but another one of my philosophies is that um, things are about as offensive as you make it. So my perception and my response to something is actually really important as well. In a way that, in a way, we can actually change reality by changing our mindset and our philosophy and how we approach something. Okay, so uh, so I, I I'm give you an example. Somebody uh, in chat once was like, uh, was like, what what the hell did they say? They were something like, uh, like they commented about my ethnicity or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're like, "Dude, where are you from? Like, you look super, super uh, Filipino, man, right?" And then yeah, like I could get mad at it, uh-huh. but but I was just like, "Hey, thanks, man." <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, okay, well, no, nothing came out of it. Nobody got upset. I didn't even get upset, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and everything was fine. Went on my stream. Mm-hmm. So, like, in the past, okay, I was not like that. In the past, I would get upset about a bunch of shit. I would get upset when people are like, oh, hey, uh, you know, like, they'll ask me an honest question about magic, okay? And I'll, and I'll get pissed off at them. And just sets you off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll set me up. And, you know, over time, I was like, why do I... Like, so, why, what, what did you do? What changed? How did you work on that? That's a good question. I don't, I don't know exactly where it started, but uh, I had some realization at some point where... Um, with not only stream, just with any relationship, any situation, you can actually navigate it in a way there are other lines to take, you know, mm-hmm. other lines to take that lead to different outcomes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it won't always work, but I think that this is a skill that people can practice that, uh, the better you get at it, the easier your life is. <laughs> I hope no one what, what, regularly watching your sh- I mean, I, I guess they will listen to this, yeah. but I am curious. I have to ask, like, are there things that people do in chat or in these kind of situations that actually set you off still? That's a good question. That's a good question. Or have um, you trained yourself to be, like, just immune? Yeah, I want to say that nothing sets me off anymore, actually. Basically, nothing sets me off. Like, some of my longest viewers are people in the past who used to get banned, like, every day. You know, like, 
they would get time down in my chat every single day because they're being like toxic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Over time, they're chill now. They're like my biggest supporters. Well, that's because they've been banned a couple times, so they know they can't do it, right? No, 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 no. Now they still do it, but we just laugh about it, and I just let them, and I just let them be. Okay, so your 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 suspension ban policy, I'll call it, has gotten more relaxed. Oh yeah, really, really relaxed. Like, uh, gosh, oh my gosh, let me try to remember here. Do you oh. remember the last time you actually banned somebody or for Yeah, a okay, yes, I do remember. So now my average is maybe like one ban every two months or something like that, okay? And so the current draft format I'm at Arena right now is actually the return of cons of Tarkir. And somebody in my chat, so I so I flooded out, right? And somebody in my chat was like, that's what you deserve for playing 18 lands. Okay, that's what you deserve for playing 18 lands. And I, <laughs> what a and, dagger. Yeah, and I actually got a little bit upset, and I was like, hey, man, all right, I'm going to run the restroom. I'm going to give you two right. minutes to defend right. yourself. Because that one extra land is the reason that you drew, like, four in a row. Yeah, exactly. Just that one extra land. Exactly. That's exactly it. And, uh, I mean, like, regardless of the reason, right, I was like, I was like, this is, like, super snarky or whatever. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give you two minutes here. You can defend yourself, okay? I will let you defend yourself, okay? <laughs> Yeah, and then your defense. if your defense is not good enough, or you don't respond back, perma ban. All right, right. And I thought it was pretty fair, right? Wow, that was pretty fair. Anyway, pretty novel way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I came back, no response, perma ban. Okay. Out of here. That's it. Okay, move on. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. But right. uh, you know, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, a lot of times, especially in the past, that's got me in trouble, I guess. But uh, I've gotten better. At doing it, I think. So you told me to watch one of your recent VODs, mm. and maybe we don't have to go into specifics, but there was a tricky line in your okay. thing where people were... It was like a somewhat like political, ideological topic. Okay. And you kind of just like... You kept... Because I, I watched it. You kept on playing Magic, and you still kind of... I don't want to say deflected, but you managed to like smooth it out. And I think I, think I remember you saying that in that stream, it's just like... You're supposed to allow, you're, you, as long as we're all reasonable, we can talk about anything. Yep. Like, how did you develop that position? Was there through day one, or did it get refined? It definitely got refined. And I think that streaming over the years has really sort of made me a better person. And streaming is a weird thing, okay? That is a rare thing to hear. It is. But what I will say is that generally, uh, your mental health, when it comes to streaming, it, it comes and goes in cycles, right? Like, at least that's how it's true for me, and I see that with a lot of my friends as well. Where it'll be like, okay, you get to a really bad spot, like, you're burnt out, you're, like, stressed out about everything because, well, streaming's stressful, like, uh, numbers go up and down all the time, right? You don't have much of a consistency, you don't have, like, a promise of what's gonna happen after you finish streaming. You might right? be in a bad, limited environment or whatever. Yep, exactly, like, this year we had Frexit all we won, which to me is actually not even a Magic Gathering set, okay? I would rather go and like wipe, like wipe the floor, do the dishes. I would rather uh, literally do anything than play that format. Really? Again. It was that bad? I didn't play it. Yeah, it was so bad. Anyway, so like uh, at various times, your mental health is up and down. But whenever you come back from it, you're much healthier, much stronger. And it was almost like training, mm-hmm. okay? So I kind of see it as like, uh, like I don't know, Gohan and Trunks play like, like in the in the hyperbolic time chamber mm-hmm. or something, right? Like doing super high gravity, uh, like fitness, and they're working on their bodies. It's basically the same thing, but with your mind, mm-hmm. I think. 
So, uh, yeah, over time, that's been refined a lot. I've gotten a lot better at speaking, I think. I've gotten a lot better at uh, talking to people and, like, navigating, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with sponsors as well. Mm-hmm. You know, before my before I got at my current agency called S-Tier, and, uh, and shout out to Sean, by the way, just one of the best uh, agents in the world. Um, I used to ne- negotiate my own, my own uh, sponsorship and stuff. It's a super normal thing, right? And you have to learn how to, like, talk big about yourself sometimes, you know, because <laughs> no one else is going to do it. Yeah, no one else is going to be your biggest fan, right? Exactly, exactly. So that's a really important thing for me. Be your own biggest fan and also be a big fan of your friends mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I think that those are two important things for me, but yeah. I think it's really, isn't it naturally hard, I mean, to be genuinely happy for other people who are also streamers? Because... As much as we like to say the pie is big enough, like mm-hmm. it does feel like there's a bit of zero sumness to it. True. Okay, I see. I mean, whether it's you know you're all trying to get that one sponsorship slot. I know it's 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 all in a vacuum. It doesn't really work mm-hmm. out like that in practice because we're human, we're emotional. Yeah. Like, we don't always think that way. But if you think about it, like there really are just like a finite number of things that you can achieve as a streamer, as someone who's sponsored, as a creator, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I've learned how to think about it differently over time. So in Magic, for example, the market share or like the pool of actual watchers on Twitch is pretty low, right? Like at any given point, we'll have like anywhere from four to 6,000 people. Okay, and that's like pretty sad if you look at like some of the bigger games and if you look at how big of a game Magic is, right? You have like, uh, I don't know how many millions of players in the world. But you'll have four to six thousand people watching on Twitch. That's like pretty depressing, right? Why do you think that is? First of all, I think uh, Wizards is terrible <laughs> at uh, <laughs> at like marketing and understanding like the value of streamers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm biased because I'm a streamer and I want uh, more money from Wizards, sure. yeah. right? But the way I look at it is actually, well, we are your biggest marketing people, right? Like we're streaming all the time. New people come to our channel. We represent your game, mm-hmm. okay? And Obviously, you don't want to give too much powers to creators or whatever, but you can't deny the fact that these people are promoting your game all the time, like full time, mm-hmm. right? We're way more valuable than the uh, than the XQC or whatever that you like had a one off sponsorship with it, right? We're doing this full time. A lot of us over two thousand hours a year, right? And uh, yeah, so you know, keep us happy a little bit, mm-hmm. keep us involved. If you can't involve us, send us, you know, have communication. Be like, hey, we we tried to include you, but we couldn't because of, well, yeah, sure. That's fine. Go on, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But uh, so to give an example, I've tried contacting the uh, creator manager uh, a lot this year. I think I sent like like seven emails, uh, got into Twitter DMs, like, 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 like they follow me on uh, on social media. And what happened? Just crickets? Yeah, just crickets. Nothing. Right? And I'm like, okay, well, I didn't get invited to the ambassador program or whatever. And I'm like top five biggest streamers, magic streamers on Twitch. Right? And I'm like, am I getting like the Jeff Hoogland here or what? You know, like... And you're being blacklisted? Yeah, but yeah, am I getting blacklisted or something? And it's a weird thing. Um, I mean, I do believe that it's important to be respectful to other people as well. Like, it's, like even me, I should be a little bit nicer to wizards, even though, you know, I'm not, I'm maybe not getting what I want. I, I don't know about that. Like, okay, so here's something that, and I'm not trying to defend wizards, but just the way I develop my worldview is kind of uh-huh. like, I try not to attribute 
malice to that which can be explained by incompetence. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm not saying that they're incompetent, but maybe they're just so focused on, could it be that they're so focused on EDH or Commander that everything else is just pushed out? I do, I do. Um, and I think one of the biggest things as well, and this is pure speculation, by the way, I, I have nothing to back this up. <laughs> okay. Is that I, the way I see it, the most likely outcome, and what I've seen in other esports projects, other esports teams, uh, in th all throughout esports, and I'm just assuming this is true in mm -hmm. Wizards as well, mm -hmm. is that generally the people in high positions, positions of power and decision-making, are actually not invested in the game. Like, they don't play it. They actually don't care about the game itself. Like, they are the business guy, right? So they're detached and they just care about numbers. Exactly. Like, they probably got hired because they did some crazy great thing in, like, traditional sports or something. Like, I've seen that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, working working through uh, esports television and working with... And they're thinking teams. they can rework that magic, uh, pun intended, for yeah, magic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And what you get are a bunch of people who are disconnected. So the P so the way that I see the vast majority of Wizards employees, like the people I've met, they love the game. They're passionate about the game. Like they love the game so much that they wanted to go work for the game that they love and make it better. But they're but they're not in those positions of true power. Yes, exactly. They they are not a position of true power. Right? The people making decisions that they just have to follow otherwise, well, they're out of a job, mm -hmm. right? Uh, have no interest in these games whatsoever. Mm -hmm. and that and that's the way i look at it you know I, I i don't know if that's true or not but uh and again i'm not saying that they're bad people or anything like that that they're evil that's just the reality of, you're saying they're just working within that system yeah exactly like that's just the reality of it right and they have certain incentives right uh -huh. and maybe one of their incentives is just to stay employed and work on this thing that i love but then as a result maybe i'm taking not getting compensated super well compared to uh, a rival corporation uh -huh. maybe i'm like making sacrifices where i'm just being told like you don't have the budget to do this yep and... exactly and and wizards is is wizards as an example is they have so many moving parts so many different departments that it is normal for things to uh you know fall through the cracks but my okay the other side of that is that well they're a billion dollar company they uh they brag about how much money they make. Right. Okay. So throw a bone, right? Yeah, exactly. And then some of these things are just necessary. Like you need to have uh good communication. You need to like fix your shit with Magic Arena, right? Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, Magic Arena is leading to a dead end, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, and they're just so they've done the vast majority of the work. They've done all the marketing. They made the sets. Everything's there. But they're lacking the just the polishing mm -hmm. of everything, right? The final touches. Mm -hmm. The final touches are oftentimes the most important, in my opinion. The final touches never get reflected in cold hard numbers, and mm -hmm. I've seen this in many different industries, especially in tech, where something would just be rationalized as like that's not important. But sometimes it's the last mile of the customer experience, yep. whether it's the customer being a creator or the customer being actual customer buying magic cards that actually matters. But they just don't feel that it is as important because I've done 80% yeah. of it. So intellectually, it's exactly. like, who cares about the remaining? Exactly. Like, who cares about the last 1% or whatever, right? Yeah. But for me, I think that that's the most important part because that's what people carry on. That's what people remember. That's what people take away a lot of the times. So, for example, okay, so my uh, delivery food system, uh, whenever I order delivery food, right, uh, my experience would be 10 times better 
if after they deliver my food, they don't call me, <laughs> okay? Like, I can see in the app that it's delivered. Uh, I checked the please do not call me mm-hmm. uh, thing, but they still call me. Mm-hmm. They told me your food's here. I'm like, I know. I know it's here, right? Like, I saw it in the, I saw the notification, sure. right? And I'm like... Oh, Maybe they could just text you or just, you know, yeah, I guess well, that. In the- obviously, obviously, obviously I'm like exaggerating by like how much that pissed me off or whatever, but my experience would have been much better if they didn't call me. If they did what you told them to do or not. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like what I asked them to do. And I'm not saying that that's the same for everything, but, uh, but, uh, but some of these just small adjustments of things. So say Magic Arena, right? I don't understand the, the landing page. So you come into Magic Arena there's like 50% of the screen or whatever is like a newsreel thing, right? And you can't even see like what formats are on Magic Arena. Sure. And they'll add a new format back to Magic Arena, whether it's a flashback draft or whatever, and it won't be on the front page. Like there won't be. It's not submenu or yeah. Yeah, it's like you have to go in and dig, dig for it. And unless people are watching my stream, they don't know it's there. Yeah. Right? And I'm just like, what is this company doing? Do they hate money, right? People are always like, wizards are greedy. And I'm like, no. Wizards hates money. <laughs> like they leave the amount of if you can see from my perspective how much money they leave on the table. Yeah. Like you will understand that they, they hate money. <laughs> There's just not optimized. I I have been yeah. there. I've worked in these companies where like someone really, maybe myself or other people, really want to push something through. Yep. But they're just <laughs> it's just priority number 10 and it just never exactly. gets done. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's hard. That's life, I guess. Yeah. Well, let's talk about it. Like, what are the from a gaming from a, from Magic the Game perspective? Like, what are some of the? This can kind of be like a, a year in review, okay? Right? Like, what are some of the highlights and lowlights for you? Maybe let's start with okay. the the highlights since we've been sure, sure. We've been shitting on yeah, 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 for yeah. a while. So the highlight of me this year, and and again, I'm I'm uh, I'm like ninety nine point nine percent a limited player. Uh, oh. This year, I also qualified to both the Pro Tour and also Mythic Championship number two. Oh, sweet. And I forgot about that, actually. Okay. Because it was so unmemorable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, all right. So, uh, the Pro Tour. So, I was in Bangkok, and the Pro Tour was in Philadelphia, right? Um, But, first of all, I think the entire trip would have cost me, like, something like five, like, four or five grand, right? Mm -hmm. For For all the everything. That's still um, a big chunk of change. Yeah, it's a big chunk of change. Like, I don't make that much, you know. Uh, I like I'll just throw out a number here. On a good month, from all the Twitch stuff, including sponsorships, like I'll make like 10k. Okay, on a good month, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you have to really work. Yeah, yeah. Your I ass really that month, and it's not like month to month. Right? Exactly, exactly. Like, like it's not always stable. So, so that would have been a huge commitment for me. Uh, the format was Phyrexia All Be One, which I was talking shit oh, about. <laughs> You right. said it's a bad format, right? Yep, no. exactly. But I've never been on the Pro Tour before. Like I've never gone to Pro Tour events, so that so I would have loved to. I shot like, Wizard. How much of that experience? How much of that experience? Exactly. Worth, right? And I shot a message over to uh, to Wizards, and um, and okay, like, can you comp a little? Part yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, hey, is there anything that like is there any way that we can figure figure it out so that uh, my trip's a little bit cheaper? I'm I'm down to do work at yeah. the event itself. Like I'm down to. Uh, either lead a seminar or like be there for signings or anything whatever right and uh i get a message back and they're just like they're like no sorry mm-hmm. and i'm like i needed a little bit more here right i needed a little bit more than the no yeah. sorry or whatever maybe a little more in terms of even like bedside manner like even like oh you know 
some more rationalization would help. Mm-hmm. Right? And 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 uh, and and then I was like, well, then can you guys like? Is there any way possible to defer my invite? Right? Because uh, Philly, Philly was wasn't possible. Maybe in the future there's gonna be an Asian pro tour mm-hmm. or something, and I can go to that. Mm-hmm. And they they were like, uh, I I think I think to that one, I think I didn't even get a response actually. I think. And I'm like, all right, well, I know I'm not the biggest streamer or whatever, but I'm still like top five magic streamer, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, isn't this a great way for you to say, hey, look, you know, the thing that we said about Magic Arena when it first came out, you can do it. You can do it, right? Like, yeah. okay. Like, well, look you at can't really do it because, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. going to cost you like five grand to exactly. go there. But, but, but what I'm saying, like, look at Desi. Desi started being a magic streamer. Mm-hmm. He played all the all the time streaming, became one of the biggest Magic streamers, and then qualified to the Pro Tour, mm-hmm. right? Like qualified to the Pro Tour, qualified to Mission Championship too. And isn't this the story that you want to sell to people, right? Like this is exactly like what you want in the first place, and here it is, your golden ticket. And the sad answer is no, because the people who worked on the esports part are no longer around. Yeah, or whatever. They don't have the same incentives. Yeah. That person who answered no to you, like, just didn't have decision-making power anyways. Anyway, so I ended up not going to the Pro Tour, uh, but I did play the Mythic Championship 2 because I could do that from home. Yeah. I didn't have a great uh, reason to not play in it, right? Yeah. But that event, I will describe it as, uh, man, that was like the most miserable... That was in 2019, right? No, it was this year. Oh, you're saying like, okay, because I'm getting it mixed up with the Mythic Championship. They called it like, you know, you know how there was the Mythic Invitational that Mangushi won? Uh-huh. And then there was a whole series of MCs during the uh-huh. 2019 and then okay. the COVID era. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Similar yeah. names, sorry. I got that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I got the name wrong. I think it was called the Arena Championship too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arena the Championship. Mythic Championships were from that. From uh-huh. There. So anyways, this event, zero marketing. Yeah. No one knew it was on. Uh, I only knew about it because you tweeted it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so it was like a $250,000 tournament, I think. And uh, viewership on Twitch was like 4,000 viewers. Okay. Right? I'm like, why don't we just host it on my channel? I think we're going to get more viewers, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, so just kind of an embarrassing event uh-huh. all, all around. And it was uh, Phyrexia all v one draft. Mm-hmm. Okay, three rounds of that. And I believe six rounds of historic... Okay. Historic alchemy. Okay. okay. And okay. you know how much I love constructed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And anyway, so uh it was it was it was two streamers, the nerdy Steve and uh Ali Aldrazi. Mm-hmm. Ali Aldrazi. They uh, basically gave gave me the decks and um and I was like, All right, dude, like I don't know, like which like just pick one for me and then they picked one for me, I submitted it. Um and the tournament was wild because I obviously don't play the format, right? Uh, I practiced my deck a little bit, yeah. maybe like two hours or something, right? <laughs> okay. And uh, and the, what I had to do, because there were so many decks, so many alchemy cards, right? And these alchemy cards are all like a paragraph and a half, like some mm-hmm. of them have a scroll bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what I had to do was that whenever we got paired with an opponent for the arena championship... Um, you had like a three to five minute check-in window, okay? Yeah. And at that moment, I could see what deck they're running. So I pulled their deck, read everything, run through it. it all, yeah. yeah. read it all. Then, all right, first try every single time. Go in. 
that, that's it. That's all I could do. Wow. Okay. And uh, so it was a miracle. That tournament, I think out of 32 players, I got 13th place. Okay. 13th place. I, I bombed the draft portion of it. Then I killed it in the historic portion. Ironic, right? Yeah. Exactly. Super ironic. And what was your secret? Do you think it was just variance within historic or what? Um, I think, I mean, in general, like, okay, so in the past, I have played a lot of Constructed, and I would say I mean, that... You play a lot of Magic, so... You just play a lot of Magic. Um, uh, but these days, I choose not to, because I don't have to, I guess? Like, okay, back back in the day, at my local game store, like, maybe the first one to three weeks, you you get drafts fired off, okay? After that, people aren't interested in drafting okay. anymore, right? People are done. People yeah. are done. So then I have to play some Constructed. You know, like, I have these cards. I don't want to play Constructed, but okay. there's nothing else to do. It's okay. really in the old days, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Back in the old days, like, I've been playing Magic now for, like, 11, 11 plus years or something. But um, these days, I don't have to, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I only will play it if someone basically forces me, right? Either they pay me somehow, uh, I qualify for the Arena Championship. And, oh, the funny thing about the qualification for both the Pro Tour and the Arena Championship 2 is that I accidentally qualified for it. Okay. What do you mean? <laughs> okay, so all so often as Magic Arena has, has these events, right? I never know what they are. Like qualifier, play-in sure. weekend. Like, like you said, the interface has been great to even find this stuff. Yeah, and the thing is that the way that they name everything, it just sounds all the same. Right? Yes. It's like, think, think about the format. Uh, we have, That's we have why you call it the Championship. Yeah, exactly. like, it's like, who knows? Who knows? It's changeable. It's like there's like this event name generator, like the Wu Tang name generator. Yeah, they just use it to like exactly, exactly. So, so uh, I played in an event. It was a Brothers War sealed into draft. Okay, and I thought it was an arena open. I thought it was an arena open that I was going to win like like money at the end or whatever. And so, actually, in this event, I had a sick run, and it was funny because in Brothers War. I'm always doing the crazy shit, right? Like uh, crazy decks. I was playing like double door to nothing in stack. I was playing, um, uh, oh, like there was a card called Over the Top or something that like basically just like flipped your deck. It was an unplayable magic card. I played the shit out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it was double door to nothingness. Anyways, anyways. So in that tournament and in events like those, I generally play to win. Okay, for once in a while, I play to win. Mm -hmm. So people were like, oh, Destiny can play normal decks? And I'm like, dude, what do you mean? Like, you don't need to learn a normal deck. It's just there, right? Yeah. Like, you don't, don't waste your time on that shit, you know? Yeah. So anyways, uh, I had a really sick run. I ended up going 14-0, and zero. okay? 7-0 day one, 7-0 next day or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I believe I didn't drop a game. Okay, I I believe I didn't drop a game. Really, I I believe so. And in the end, I was like, "Where's my money?" Yeah, right. I was like, "What is this shit?" There's a screen that says, "Congrats, you have fun." Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And yeah, and it didn't yeah, even yeah. stay on there. It said like you qualified to something or whatever. Oh, and then my like viewers like a satellite or qualified to something else. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I mean, I that's what I. This do. is a good thing about Twitch chat. They can now explain something. Maybe exactly, exactly. So Twitch chat explained to me. They're like, "Desi, qualified to the Pro Tour." And the arena championship. Oh. And I was like, okay, first of all, chat, like, you're obviously trolling me because yeah. there's no way that there's a qualifier that qualifies you to two big tournaments. Yeah, like, I've never heard that. It doesn't even make sense yeah. as a design. Yeah. Right? Like, that would never pass. Yeah, double okay. qualification. Exactly. Anyways, so uh, after a while, like, a bunch of people were saying, I was like, 
I was like, uh, so it's true. yeah, it's true. <laughs> but isn't it better if I just want money? Like, okay, yeah. cause think about it, right? The, the arena championship two, it took me, I had to prep for that for quite a long time. And it was like a lot of stress and I had to play in the tournament as well. Right. Uh, I think it was a two day tournament or something. Mm-hmm. And then all, after all that, um and i high rolled my to 13th place out of 32 players right high roll my like high roll of the year or whatever mm-hmm. because i don't play historic like i've never watched a single game i don't know what any of these alchemy cards are uh after all that i think i won five thousand dollars which is the if it was an arena open i would have just won that without having to play yeah. anything it was right? just the- a long way to get that. Yeah, exactly. It was a long way, and I had to like think about planning uh, my Philadelphia trip and like getting denied from Wizards. And I'm like, okay, actually, <laughs> in the end, it was just worse than the. Real All right, game. so the highlight here became kind of <laughs> a low highlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. A- a- anyways, you know, like I, I, I don't really live with many, many regrets. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying, like, it, yeah, it happened. It was a weird it experience. Weird. Yeah, but it was it, it was still pretty cool. Um. You know, if you take the magic part out. <laughs> okay. Are there just general highlights from streaming or like, it doesn't have to be magic related. Oh, that's, oh, that's interesting. I feel like there are a lot, probably. I mean, I've gotten closer to a lot of people. I've uh, worked on myself a lot. Um, I've been, I've become a person who, you know, other people might perceive it as an egotistical or whatever, but I just am trying to be less apologetic about being myself, mm-hmm. right? I just want to, like, why do we need to make life so hard? Right, life is already hard. Mm-hmm. Why am I creating my own problems as well on top of all of that? Right, okay. so I'm just trying to get better at that. Um, like for for example, you miss somebody, message them. You know, like yeah. shoot them a message. Yeah. What are you waiting for? You waiting for for them to message you? Like life life doesn't work that. People are busy as well. Yeah. If it's on your mind, just message somebody. Yeah. Right. Um. So a lot of little things like that. <clears throat> uh. But yeah, I think that it's pretty important. Like. Because the way that I look at, at it is that the best way to take care of other people is actually to take care of yourself. Because, well, I mean, if you're in good shape, you know, physical, mental, whatever else, mm-hmm. then uh, that relieves a lot of pressure from other people worrying about you, from other people uh, needing to, I don't know, I don't know, like, just like stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that my friends and other people don't think of it that way, but that's the way that I look at it. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think everybody should try to take care of themselves the best. Was there something that happened that crystallized it for you? Mm, there might've been, I can't really recall any specific moment. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a very eventful and interesting year. Uh, oh, I also, this is a bit of a side quest, I guess, but I'm quite happy about it as well that, uh, I reconciled with my parents. Okay. Yeah. So I know things were <clears throat> not great in the past, right? Yeah, so long story short, over my entire life growing up, uh, so this is like this is like before high school and stuff. Um, I my my like my um, like my parents and I, my dad specifically, we we would not see eye to eye on 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 like most things. Okay, and a lot of times it got to a point where uh, he was so angry that he couldn't get through to me, like in his vision, right? That I got disowned from my family. <laughs> okay like asian asian style di- disownment right um and anyway so the last time my parents spoke before we made up was uh during covid during during the start of covid my parents and i had a really big argument as well and 
And uh, once again, I got disowned from my family or whatever. And this time, my dad was like, like, it's serious this time. Like, I'm not joking. Like, do not come back. I do not want to see you again in this lifetime kind of thing, right? And I was like, oh, I've seen this before kind of thing. Uh, and I'm like, well, that's a great excuse for me to go out and travel the world, <laughs> right? And so I, so I took that negative event as a positive thing. And I was like, I've been wanting to like go travel, go do things for a long time, but I've, I've just been comfortable. I've been lazy, you know? So uh, I took that as like kind of a sign of sorts. Not, not that I'm that superstitious or whatever, but it's maybe it's an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Like an opportunity. Right. So I, so, so I feel like we can sort of change our realities by the way we look at something. Right. So uh, that was a really big thing for me. Uh, yeah. But a- anyways, Getting back to the story, uh, getting back to the to to recent times, is that uh, we ended up making up. They came to Thailand, uh, stayed with me for a week or whatever, and um, I mean, we didn't talk that much about our differences, but it's like we kind of understand. Yeah, I I know what it is like. I mean, Asian household, it's yeah. not the most expressive. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, there's an understanding, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think so. Where it's like, why does it matter if we disagree? That's normal. Everybody disagrees, right? But you can still get along. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I kind of have that philosophy with uh, everything, mm-hmm. right? That's good. Yeah, I mean, that's so, that's so important. I mean, you strike me as someone who's quite independent-minded, and I, I, I'm sure you must understand, too, that relationships change over time you know it might be good now it might not be great later mm-hmm. it kind of has a ebb and flow yeah you got to just be able to um, maybe like you said just be yourself and mm-hmm. think about and watch out for yourself during whatever time it is exactly like i so two things that i feel like i'm very strongly uh one is a fun- a functionalist right just like things need to work okay things need to work if things aren't working properly then we have a problem okay mm-hmm. Secondly, is that uh, I think that the life course is very long. Uh, well, hopefully, right? <laughs> but uh, people change throughout the years. Sometimes, sometimes we change from like minute to minute. You know, like sometimes we'll think one thing, and the next thing, oh, okay, well, no, like I think this way or whatever. So that's just a normal thing that people change, and we have, to, and uh, I don't know, like uh, at least having this understanding it means that we that we're not caught off guard when something happens mm-hmm. and i think relationships are like that as well um it's hard to expect like like uh getting married or whatever and then throughout your lifetime that, that you're both gonna stay the same like you don't even want that right like you want people to be continue growing and a lot of times we just grow in different directions that's a normal it's just a normal thing about life that's something i wanted to ask you is because you're quite nomadic and you're quite fluid in terms of physically where you are do you have goals with regards to like romantic relationships Mm -hmm. or finding a partner or is that something that um i don't know if it's something you consciously want to do or be in that kind of relationship or are you thinking about that like kind of more in a fluid way or are you thinking about it in different ways yeah so i will say that the main way that i think about it and this doesn't only apply to relationships either is that I basically imagine the worst case scenario for a lot of things. So say like relationships, like, okay, if if I don't find anyone, I'm going to die alone. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I imagine this. And if I can rationalize and come to terms with the worst case scenario, 
and it's all uh it's all uphill from here or whatever mm-hmm. right like everything is good after that like if i'm okay with the worst case scenario then everything else is just a bonus <laughs> you know so uh yeah when it comes to relationships uh i i i don't feel the pressure right mm-hmm. i don't feel the pressure part of that is i guess being a guy as well is that uh, another way to say that you feel fairly fulfilled and happy right now? I am, yeah. For the most part. I feel like uh, every day I find fulfillment and happiness in just like talking to my friends, uh, getting getting some good vegetarian food, mm-hmm. uh, have like going to bed, like my bed sheets being the way that I want. It, like there's just so much in life to be grateful for. Uh, and we take a lot of these things for granted. Right. Uh, so sometimes my friends are like, Desi, you're very easily impressed. And I'm like, you guys aren't impressed enough, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's like just a lot of appreciation for the for the very basic things, very, very normal things. Like sometimes I'll look at my phone and I'll just be like, dude, we live in an awesome day and age where like this phone can basically just do anything. It's like one of the most powerful things. Uh I was having a chat with one of my friends the other day. He's a streamer named uh, Tyler OOTD. And we were talking about, all right, if you had to pick between uh, living in a world with magic, right? Not, so, not, so not magic the card yeah. game, like magical powers, sure. right? Or technology, which one would you choose? <laughs> I think it's a trick question, right? Because I think you're implying that we basically have things now that people in the past would look at and it's basically magic, like having that supercomputer in yeah. your pocket, mm-hmm. having certain powers through technology. It's 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 essentially become magic. Yep, exactly. So 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 the conclusion that we came to is that is that uh, if you look at all of the fantasy and like all of the fantasy stories, right, and movies that are written. I think that technology that we already have today and it's getting better technology that we have today is actually better than all those forms of magic. Right. Mm-hmm. But why don't, why don't we appreciate it? <laughs> like we like, we don't look at things like that. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it, we don't appreciate it because uh, humans <laughs> just were very short term and we get very wound up in one thing mm-hmm. that then just dominates our thinking. Mm-hmm. Like if, for example, I don't know, uh, insert terrible scenario that will happen to me five minutes from now <laughs> i have to be focused on that and it's okay. just kind of the it's how we've survived as a species but also just uh, we have to selectively try to overcome that yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so so I mean, you mentioned phyrexia all will be one being like a terrible set what are some other magic related lowlights okay you, yeah well um Interesting. So this year, outside of that one, I think Streets of New Capenna was last year, right? I think it or, was. Okay. Yeah, it was last year. And this year, so first I'll be one is the worst. And I will say March of the Machine was the absolute best. Like March of the Machine was so good that after the three months, I wasn't even finished with it yet. You know, like I'll bring it back, like just mm. push off the other set for another month. Mm. And another reason I think the Magic Arena is dropping the ball that after that set rotated out has never returned to magic arena a single time as the you know not only my favorite like basically the uh vocal favorite from everybody else as well is that do you think that's because martian machine is does it actually have the numbers to back it up being a great draft set or is it just like people look fondly back at it as if it was like a cult movie you know yeah that nobody watched I think that uh, it did have the numbers to back it up, okay. and also that uh, so it really people, is weird. People liked it for a very good reason, yeah. So what I'm saying is that 
like a lot of the people who make decisions at Wizards literally that's, don't that's where you're coming up with your your thesis exactly like they're disconnected right? exactly exactly because like none of these things make sense if you're a player at all uh-huh. right like even if you just play a little bit like uh I'm not saying that you need to you know pick up an EDH friend group and go out to every tournament or whatever and like study the game but if during your pre-release go to a pre-release you know yeah open up some packs yeah read some cards you don't need to get good at it that's interesting because um i was recently talking to i promise this is related okay. i was talking to todd anderson he was talking mm-hmm. about the importance of having a panel or a committee of actual magic players okay. to tell wizards about what's the word on the street on a format like okay a constructive format i see and i'm wondering if that should apply also to limited like there should be some maybe it makes sense to not have them look purely at like arena numbers or whatever they can pull up on their own Mm -hmm. and not just based on how like in-house design thinks about the sets Mm -hmm. or and not just rely on surveys but actually like an enfranchised player base such as yourself that and i'm nominating you i'm not saying you have to be the one but like shouldn't there be some sort of third-party panel that actually that's it helps whether it's like Mm -hmm. this is working this is not working okay so i think that while that could be a good idea it feels like a huge time commitment for everybody and really hard to coordinate mm-hmm. right and it doesn't set realistic expectations mm-hmm. so for for example like you have pleasant kenobi like if pleasant kenobi was on there okay uh and he went in and he's like, right well i'm i say all this stuff and then boxy chimes in she puts her opinions my opinions as well what are what are the expectations here it's like okay well it's the reality the so then they also have to sort through it right? yeah exactly and the reality is okay does that change much of what they do does does that mean that they have more ability or greater incentive to change things mm. because at the end of the day okay we say all this stuff but you still have to convince the person who's in charge right so why not just hire death for, all, for all we know <laughs> they may already know what needs to be done they just didn't convince the person in charge so it's like it's like not have not having an additional info from you doesn't necessarily exactly change the game, exactly right? exactly so the way that i look at it is that wizards of the coast does not need more segregation and especially like uh like segregated decision making as well what they need is to hire me okay and i'll go up and and uh and i i will basically try my best to convince them mm-hmm. like uh to you know maybe maybe i can be the voice or whatever other people like uh other people give me their opinion and stuff and i can gather that then present it to them right in a way and have and back it up with like all right we project these numbers all right we project that this will be a positive increase in the magic random player base yeah right uh, for these reasons and convince them in language that they can understand right this will make you more money okay and then we'll double check in the back and whatever that's a better way to do it mm-hmm. i think so you actually think it makes sense <laughs> if you were hired into the company as a contractor or yeah. as a part-time full-time whatever mm-hmm. but just like be able to give those inputs exactly exactly right? i i work from I, within the machine yep i i think that's a much better system and yeah. and obviously it doesn't have to be me whoever who thinks you're qualified or uh, yeah and then the incentives are lined up because then you're getting compensated for it. that's your your job exactly then, okay exactly uh and we can even do do compensation in a way where it's like uh i only get paid if my claims are true and with these changes that we actually see an increase in players 
from oh, the previous okay. month. So there could be some sort of like results piece. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what do you have to lose? <laughs> you know, what do you have to lose? Like, I want to give you guys money. I want to make money too. So when you interviewed Dave Humphreys, you um, kind of half serious, half jokingly asked him if you could, uh, if you were qualified to join the design team. Is that something that you're going to try to work on more actively and lobby for yourself? That's interesting because uh, I'm currently, like, I don't know what's going to happen with it, but at this point in time, I'm currently in talks with not Wizards, but actually other games. Mm-hmm. Okay, other card games as, like, coming on for uh, design and stuff. But I really do value my freedom, so it would always be, like, some sort of a remote contractor type thing. Sure. Right? Uh, but you wouldn't You wouldn't want to be, like living in seattle and going into the office every day exactly exactly like if i need to be there a few times a year for certain things like that's fine yeah right but um yeah so so uh it's weird i feel like i have a lot of skill sets that are very valuable in different areas but it really just depends on who has the sort of a courage or or like has a discussion exactly exactly and i mean I've said a lot of crazy shit over the years. I, I mean, I said a lot of crazy shit on interview today already. Mm-hmm. But uh, usually, well, I back it up with results, right? Like, I'll think some crazy stuff about a format, right? And then, okay, I'm rank one mythic again, right? Like, um, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a very weird thing. Like, uh, I like to put my money where my mouth is, right? Mm-hmm. So, Definitely. yeah, sure. I'll say some crazy stuff, but... I mean, you're I'll not saying this as a as a bronze level four exactly uh, limited player or something. Exactly, exactly. So, so uh, I mean, I I've done this with my entire life, basically. So, uh, back back in university, okay. So while I was doing my master's degree in London, I was doing my master's degree full time. I was a full time professional Hearthstone gamer as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I flew out on the weekends to commentate Magic again. Right. Sorry, Hearthstone. You event. started your esports career when you were in Europe, right? Or in... Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Uh, so it was during my undergrad. But uh, yeah, and then and then at that time, I also did full time uh, television co host from mm-hmm. esports TV show there in there in London Kings Cross. So I did all these things, right? And uh, at first, like uh, people were telling me, Desi, you can't do all these things because like. That's just not like a normal person can't see the workload or whatever. Specialize or yeah, like you're supposed to specialize and focus on stuff. And so and and you know, like I understand where they're coming from and that and that they're not wrong or whatever. But I ended up graduating top of my class. I never missed a lecture. I uh, never missed my flight. I never missed a single event that I was hired to go to. I was never too tired to go to TV station. Uh, So yeah, I was like just. All right, it, it seems crazy, but if I think I can do it, like, and if I say I can do it, I can do it. Where do you think that comes from? Just the kind of um, self-organization and mm-hmm. I, I dare say some sort of work ethic. Okay. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know, actually. <laughs> it's always a tough one. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, when I ask someone, like, why are you you? Like, yeah, why yeah, 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 yeah. Like, how am I supposed to know, right? Yeah, that is an interesting question. I don't know really where it comes from. Um, I think there's some amount of my personality being a control freak, some amount of it being like OCD. Functionalist. You yeah, yeah. Functionalist is a better way to put it, right? Uh, there are certain aspects of me that are that I've refined over the years, like my control freakness, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've, uh, I've got it to a point where it's like a lot more functional is not like 
overbearing to other people. A lot of it's philosophy, I think. Um, I like to read a lot of philosophy. I like to theorize a lot about life. I like to sort of question the norm because the way I think about it, and I've thought about this from a very young age as well, if you want to be successful, in whether it's a game or whatever else, why are you listening to the common opinion? Right, the common opinion, everybody believes in that, and that's average, mm-hmm. right? If you want to be above average, well, yeah, you have to think differently. The average of average is average. Yeah, so. exactly. So that's the way I always came from, the the philosophy that I always uh, came from. Um, and so... But you, then the question then becomes, where does that confidence or self-belief come from? Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I mean, so it comes off as confident, but there have been many times in my life where, you know, I'm uncertain of myself. Like I doubt myself or whatever, it's a normal normal human thing. But um, you know, I figured out ways, philosophies and stuff to get through those as well, uh coming to certain understandings and whether they're true or not, like I believe them, but I don't believe in it like absolutely or anything, right? I'm like, okay, well this is the best I came up with and it's good enough for now. So it's a kind of flexibility and maybe even taking a lot of shots. I have to assume that you didn't succeed at everything in life. Oh, no, so no, for sure not. Shots and, and maybe some people just never take enough shots. Yep, I think so as well. Um, I would say that if I compare myself to friends, so my friends always say that uh, I'm the poorest smart person they know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember we talked about that. Yeah, uh-huh. And, uh, and so, you know, like by a lot of metrics... You know, I'm single, I'm not making, like, millions or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I am not successful to a lot of people. Yeah. But uh, these things are very, you know, I I found a lot of things that I value. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and actually, a lot of the things I see that other people, you know, are striving to get, like, good real relationships with friends or something like that, right? And so I see myself as somebody who has uh, gotten a lot of like very great stuff, like, and I and I have like very extreme gratitude for the things I have. So, um, you know, yeah, maybe maybe one day I'll be a millionaire, billionaire, whatever. But you know, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Like, what's the difference, really? What's the difference? Mm-hmm. It's in the mind. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right, man. Well, mm-hmm. this might be a good weird good place to. Uh... To wrap it up, I mean, thank you so much for uh, sharing your year in review and just being, um, I just being real. I, I I really enjoyed, you know, all the times that we talk. Thank you for also for kind of helping me through some shit this year that I'm all good, man. Working through, and it's all about perspective. So thank you so much. You're welcome. I mean, the way that I see it is that you work super hard. You know, the numbers might not be there for now, but uh, everybody starts off like that. Everybody starts off with low numbers or whatever, and uh, yeah. I think I'm also trying to. Um, uh, sorry, I'm going no, no, it's all beyond, good. but it's like, I, <laughs> like, I think it's also about just one thing I learned this year is just like the more you're chasing something, the farther away it yeah, gets. I think so. And I think you need to figure out a way or I need to figure out a way to make it healthy by not being all about these external measures. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some maybe like what you figured out is kind of like, there needs to be some like intrinsic enjoyment of the thing sure. in the moment that has to matter because if you're just chasing like some sort of external validation, yeah, that's true. It's just never, it's not that sustainable. I mean, it's literally never enough. 
uh, you know, yeah. like first. And it's like, what's the next benchmark? Exactly, right? exactly. So it'll be, so like throughout my streaming career, for example, to be like, okay, uh, my goal when I first started streaming was to have 100 viewers, you know? I was like, dude, I can't even dream about it, right? Like, I, I can't even imagine that. If right only now. I could get to that. Yeah, if only I get to that, like that's already good enough for me. Yeah. All right, I got 100. Mm-hmm. Okay, it wasn't good enough. What's the next benchmark? 300, okay. Next benchmark, 600, mm-hmm. right? And uh, during, during, during like the COVID years, my average was, I think like I, like highest I had was like 1.4K average. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'm like, hmm, Cookies has this many viewers, mm-hmm. right? Why am I only a 1.4K viewer streamer when I, when I could be like 2,000, 3,000 viewer streamer, mm-hmm. right? And so like what I'm saying is that there's no end to it, right? Like no matter what benchmark you start from, uh, and 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 the same goes with money. I think like it's never enough or whatever. So okay, well actually, what I have is actually pretty good. <laughs> you know, you want enough to be comfortable, but not you don't need to. Or is, is that true? I don't know. No, no. Uh, yeah, I I don't think that's true. Like, uh, just make do with what you have. Make do with what you have. Okay. Be be grateful for it. The numbers will come and go. Yeah. Find ways to enjoy it without any of the bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey man, I mean. It's been great. Um, I wish you a better 2024 than you had this year. And uh, I'm happy to hear about some of the, the highlights. So, uh, yeah, thanks for... Uh, Next time. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do it again. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, James. Thank you for listening to Humans of Magic. You've made it to the end. Thanks so much. You're awesome. If you'd like to support the show, there are two ways to do so. The first way is the most powerful. Tell a friend, tell them to check out Humans of Magic. I'd love it if you could spread the word. The second way is to join the Humans of Magic Patreon at patreon.com slash humans of magic. Patreon is the best way to directly support the show from a financial perspective. For as little as $2 a month, you can support me and join the Discord. It gives me the power to keep cranking out new episodes with your favorite magic people. If you want to go the $5 support route, you'll get a digital copy of the Humans of Magic book. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you, as always, making it all the way to the end, and we'll see you next time.